0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Nick, were the Texans planning to hire Josh McCown? And the second part of that is, will Josh McCown be on Lovey's staff?
1: Yeah, there, there were never plans to hire anybody until we arrived at kind of an end point. And I'd say as it pertains to staffing, Lovey and I will have discussions on that. Lovey will have a lot of input. There will be another a number of other coaches that will have input. So the next step for us really after today is to kind of continue to build out the staff. And I'd say we're making some progress on that, what that final constitution looks like at the end. You know, I'm sure it will be some moving parts here as we go.
2: I mean, what what just uh... – A better cherry on top than the fire alarm going off when you're talking about the the organization right now that is the houston texans pretty incredible experience uh, very incredible now i want to make one thing perfectly clear i think lovey smith's a fantastic coach um i think one of the bigger surprises this year in the nfl was you know the houston texans defense and how they're able they're able to create turnovers like i'm not sure where they finished in the league, but I remember like halfway through the season, Casey, we were talking about just how how many ter- turnovers they had.
1: Yeah, they had a ton. And,
2: and I'll be honest, I can't name a lot of Houston Texans players, and they're you know they're in the Jaguars division. I can't even name them. So, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with Lovey Smith. So, I'm not mad that Lovey Smith got another opportunity. Um, I think he's a great coach. I think he you know was probably wrongfully fired in in, in Chicago. Uh, goes to the University of Illinois, doesn't really have a lot of success there. Um, and then comes back in the league and obviously has success uh, as a defensive coordinator in Houston. So I'm not mad that it's Lovey Smith, but much like the whole Peterson thing kind of played out, I'm just mad at the process that Houston took. And one could argue that their process was even worse than the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, Now, we'll see what the whole Trent Baalke thing and, and the EVP and all that, all, all that stuff works out. That remains to be seen. But Houston, in terms of Deshaun Watson um, and in terms of some you know other optics as well, I mean, they kind of got a black eye right now, I feel like, in the
0: NFL, and they got to overcome some things. Was that Football a at 5 here on Action Sports Jackson, on ESPN 690. I got, like, locked out of the gymnasium. Just ran outside. Oh, yeah? You all right? Yeah. I'm out of breath. <laughs> How'd you get back in? I mean, well, eventually. It? I had to go around, like, seven it? different doors. I'll tell I you know. what. Hey,
2: you could have called me or something. You are talking. not
0: getting in to UNF Arena for free. I like that. Just letting you know. Good. Hopefully have your tickets. There are no freebies here. <laughs> no way. Uh, uh, no, not if you're going to be a part of this show. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Watch it live and in person. We're at uh, UNF Arena. Campus of the University of North Florida. Osprey's played Bellarmine tonight at 7 o'clock. I'll have the call on ESPN. Plus, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Football at 5. we got our golf picks coming up. Got a special surprise for you guys uh, when the butcher returns for uh, the golf picks. Hey, you know, you, you can't call yourself the butcher, though. I know. But, uh, well, I am. But, you know, but you the
2: butcher was made because my guy made all the cuts. I know. Not because you're winning.
0: I know. Well, maybe we'll have to get a new nickname for me, but you can't be the butcher. Oh, no, I'm the butcher because my guy's still making cuts. Are they? I don't know. They're not winning, <laughs> but they're making cuts. Your guy had a heck of a like roller coaster ride this past week. Hey, didn't Adam Schwab have
2: been picked?
0: I Schwab? You had Matthias Matthias Schwab. Yeah. How'd he yeah. do? And he was like oh, not really good in round one. And yep. then he shoots like a sixty two in round two. I saw that up to the top five. Like we had oh, I had was texted he really? Casey. I was like, all three of our guys were in the top eight. Oh, I didn't going notice into the that. weekend. Okay. And then he started stumbling a little bit. So did he make the final round? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So
2: then he made all his cuts. So yeah. call me the butcher. All right.
0: Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Oh, okay. I've got a question for you. As the Jags build the roster. Um and, and look forward. And they're building their staff right now, and obviously that's the news of the day. But uh, I was talking to someone about how the Jags do business and, and what they need to do going forward and do they need to change things. Jags are going to have a lot of money to spend, so free agency. Do you want them to spend the money? I'm kind of like, you know what, you got to go get good players in. So if, if that means winning right now, getting a couple blockbuster blue-chip guys, you can't wait around and see in the draft that you're going to get blue-chip guys. You don't have a lot of guys to pay with your own money that you have. Like, who are you going to give money to? Some people will say Cam Robinson. It's like, I don't know. Do you need to? I mean, you could pick a left tackle for cheaper with number one overall pick, or you've got a guy you drafted second overall that, you know, in limited action played pretty well in Walker Little. Why go pay $70 million for a left tackle when you got one on your roster or you could draft one for a lot cheaper? So how much money do you want the Jags to spend Uh, from a philosophical standpoint? Yeah, you got to draft well. We know that the Jags have to do a better job of that. They haven't done it. That's a given. You do that every year. You hopefully, in my view, the Jags had to make five to eight good decisions. You got to hire the right coach. He's got to hire the right staff. You've got to build the front office around them. Then after that, I think you've got to get two good free agents at the very least. You have to make two good decisions because the reality is it's a 50-50 proposition most years. You're you're not going to usually hit on all of them, so you have to get two difference makers on the free agent market. That's what the Bengals are able to do. Exactly, and the Jags, when they did have success in 17, were able to do that swimmingly. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to do it, and then the next part of that is make three good calls in the draft. Yes. Three impact players. Go get three guys that are going to be a part of this thing for a long time to come. So that's the way I view it. Started with Peterson, next with the staff, the front office. There's three decisions. Now you have four and five in free agency, and you've six, seven, eight in the draft. Make eight good decisions somewhere over the next few months, and you can flip this thing here in Jacksonville and start heading in a positive direction. How much so, are you spending? Where's your philosophy? Well, do, you, do you go after it in free agency or do you just go try to get in middle of the road guys that, no, you, that you do really well
2: with? No, I think you have to go after it in free agency, but then let me ask you this question. If we're, you mentioned you have to find the good coach, then you have to find the good staff, then you have to find the front office, so let's assume that, that that's all going to take care of itself, that's all going to write itself. Yeah, we don't so know then, that l- yet. No, right? we don't, but I'm saying for the sake of the argument, let's just assume that's going to happen. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Well, let's go to phase number four, whatever it was, where... You find your free agents. You, you try to find two or three guys that can come in and contribute to the team. Let me ask you this question. What positions do you want to see filled by free agents?
0: Well, right now, given the the lack of outside help for Trevor, I want wide receiver. A wide receiver, And okay. I would actually, I think... There's two ways to look at it because I don't know how they look at the draft. If you think the draft has some big guys in the middle on defense, then I'm willing to say, okay, let's go draft some. But I think that's a hard thing to do. You only get one pick in the first 32, right? Those big guys, those good guys usually come there. So I would say, can we go find a defensive tackle, somebody in the middle that's going to be a difference maker to help that side of the ball as well? I would actually throw one more in here, but I wouldn't call this a blockbuster move. That's the tight end. You know, because there's plenty of them out there. But that's going to be a little more of a risky move. You know, if you go find a middle linebacker, that's going to be more of the risky move. You hope it hits. I don't think they're spending huge dollars. If you want huge dollar positions, let's go defensive tackle and wide receiver to start.
2: Okay. So two, those are two? Yeah. Um. Okay. See, I, I would lean towards definitely wide receiver. I would definitely go tight end just because they're available. You know, one could wonder, is Zach Gertz available because of Doug Peterson? There's a connection there. You never know. Um, and then... I lean towards defensive tackle. Now, it, it all kind of depends how the draft shakes out, obviously, where you rank Neal, where you rank Thibodeau, where you rank Hutchinson. But the way I see it playing out is, okay, you dr- let's say you draft an edge rusher at, at, the, at the top spot. You don't trade down just for the sake of argument. You draft an edge rusher. Okay, so that's taken care of then. So you know, I think you have to address the interior, and you want a guy who can come in right away and be a difference maker. So definitely defensive tackle, definitely wide receiver, and throw a tight end there as well. Yeah. So then, if you're asking me how much like do I want them to spend, I mean, if we're talking about a defensive tackle, if we're talking about the the, the toast of the free agent class of defensive tackle, it's probably gonna cost you a little bit. Um, I think wide receiver, whether you know we can go Godwin, we can go Gallup, um, you know Devontae Adams, don't even tease me with it, but that's probably gonna cost you a little something as well. Um, and then we talk about the tight ends, where it is a big market, it seems like. You can probably get a discount there, depending who the tight end is, um, if he's, like, the second best or third best in the class. So, yeah, I think you're going to have to spend a little bit of money, but to me it's money well spent because, number one, you're bolstering your offense, the tight end and a wide receiver, and then we'll see how offensive line shakes out um, with Walker Little or Cam Robinson, whatever that decides to be. And then you're also helping your defense out in a big way. We're not sure what the scheme is going to look like quite
0: yet because we don't have the final answer but you do need more interior. I want to spend a little more time maybe tomorrow talking about the offensive line because I want to get to that. I think it's been a bit of a topic, and, and I don't still know if I agree with everybody on, on some of the thinking on the offensive line. So we'll get to that tomorrow. I don't want to get into the weeds on it. I want to continue on this conversation. I agree with you. I think they need to spend. Uh, uh, again, this person I was talking to yesterday is like, hey, you got a draft. You got a draft. Who are you going to pay? When you pay, you miss. You swing and miss. Well, you know what? You also have money. Like, you have money. So if you've got money, go get good players. Like, look what the Rams have done. All right. I mean, I'm not telling you you're going to go do that, and that's going to be your methodology from here on out, right? Yeah. That's going to be your philosophy. But you can do it a little bit. And, and by the, when you're this, when you're lacking this many good players and potential blue chip players, you got to take that chance. I mean, to me, there's no difference in free agency or the draft from taking a chance. Like, your eyes tell you one thing, and you hope you're right. Mm -hmm. Now, the difference is you spend draft capital, which is very low cost in terms of economics and dollars, or you spend big bucks in free agency. Well, if you craft pretty good deals, then it's only going to hurt you for a couple of years. The bottom line is who you draft in the first second round, if you miss like this organization has, you're still sticking with them for three or four years too, and, and and you missed. If you miss, you miss. Yeah. So I don't have a problem spending the money if you got it. And I think the Jags, it's time to go spend the money, get Trevor help, get the defense help, make you at least a... What can you build me to make a 500 team and keep me in every game and give me a chance in every game and in early December still be in the mix, even if you're two games back of a wild card spot? But I can say if this this happens, the Jags could get in. Yeah. That's where I'm at with the Jags organization. I'm not asking in 2022 to go win the Super Bowl and be the Bengals. I'm not asking to go even win the division. I'm asking to be competitive, get out of the basement. Just start flipping this thing, and then we can talk more about those moves down the road. But I do think spending your money helps you get out of the basement. I think if you have a veteran team with good players and more good players because you spent some dollars, that's going to help your football team be better across the board.
2: Well, and here's the interesting thing, too, about spending money and where you want to spend that money on. You know, like, to me, the way I look at the draft and the way I look at free agency is what positions do you need to come in right now and be a difference maker? And then what positions in the draft can you draft and be like, okay, even if you're not going to be a perennial pro bowler your first year, that's okay. Maybe in year two, year three, you can be up to that caliber, and then we're going to win with that. And and it kind of begs the question. I mean, uh, I get it. You know, it's uh, a lot of the narrative right now is Hutchinson is Thibodeau. But who's to say, like, what happens if Chandler Jones wants to come to Jacksonville? You know, what happens if you can get, if you can get a guy uh, like, I mean, Von Miller, probably not, but like Von Miller because he's going to be a free agent. Or, I mean, Clowney's kind of Randy Gregory. I don't know. Um, what happens if you can store up one of those guys? Well, then, now, uh, if you're paying for that guy in free agency and you have Josh Allen on the other side, and I get it. You can't have too many pass rushers. Don't get me wrong. But let's keep in mind who we're talking about here about the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? I mean, they, they need a lot more than just addressing the passership uh, situation. So I wonder, like, depending how free agency plays out, and let's say for whatever reason they do get Chandler Jones, well, then to me, sudden Thibodeau, now Alston Hutchinson might be off the table. And now, instead of saying, okay, well, let's, you know, look at maybe wide receiver trading down, well, maybe you have Evan Neal there now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So to me, like, free is going to be a big part of it in terms of how the draft's going to shake out. And down. That's,
0: that's often the case. So how do they evaluate the draft at certain positions and what do they feel like they can go get? I think they try to bridge themselves, too, and protect themselves so they don't put themselves in a corner Mm -hmm. and need, like, oh, we have to go get a wide receiver at 33 because we just don't have enough. You know, they got to try to avoid that situation. I think most good GMs and most good front offices do that. We'll see if this one does. Um, Okay, here's why I wanted this conversation. So I'm talking about this last night, and I'm like, you know what? Would you say the Jags need to extend Josh Allen now? I mean, yeah. I think you can give him a discount right now, yeah. But but I would say, most people I mean, would say you don't have to right now, right? He's going into year four. Well, I, I guess it
2: depends. Do you see him here in the foreseeable future? I do. Like, uh, I think he's one of the guys that you need here to be one of those bridge guys that we've talked about in the past, you know, like the Clayus Campbell types that, you you know, you
0: are uh, Daryl Smith and you let him go. So, I would say, yeah, I think you do need Josh Allen. Yeah. So, here's what I'm getting at. I learned from from our conversations. I learned from other conversations. I learned from Jalen Ramsey and Yannick Ngakwe. And I say, what you always tell me is not what how much the money is, but what the money says. Correct. Okay? So, I would say, a guy like Josh Allen, Who's a talented kid. He's a talented player. We don't know how good. That's fair to say. Alright? I mean, he's had one really good year. Mm-hmm. That was his rookie year when he was with Jan and, and with Calais. Um, we saw him really stand out against Josh Allen and the Bills. He, he's that type of player that can have those games. But he did fade down the stretch of the year, let's be honest. Like, I can't tell you that he earned the opportunity to be like, hey, I'm going into the front office, give me my money. Yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah. can't say that. But, What would it say for this organization to tell a guy that is talented, that has done it, that has made the Pro Bowl, that, by the way, wants to be here and fix this thing instead of ask for his walking papers to go somewhere else where it's easier? Yeah. He wants to be a part of it. What would it say to to extend a guy like that? And, by the way, you're right. You probably get a little bit of a discount. And I would also say, learning from the Jan situation, I think one of the things that Jan wanted was give me a shorter deal because then I can hit again when I'm 28 years old and still in my prime. Yeah. Well, Josh Allen's 24 years old. He'll be 25 on July 13th. So if you give him, like, a three-, four-year deal, you can do it again when he's 28-, 29-years-old, and now he's three contracts in. Calais did that. Mm-hmm. A guy like Chandler Jones has done that. Like, you can do that at that position because you can still play really good football at 32-, 33-, 34-years-old. And so if I'm the Jaguars, with the money I have right now, I think I'm locking a guy like that up to show the locker room, too. What does it say? Show the franchise. This is one of our guys. We need cornerstones. Trevor's certainly that. Josh Allen certainly that. And I think that could go a long way kind of flipping the field uh, inside. Yeah. Because one thing – here's what happens, Austin. You know what players hate? Players hate when you bring in the free agent and you spend all that money. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't done anything or he doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, there's reason to believe that's what Jalen Ramsey was all mad about. Like, you're bringing in a guy like A.J. Boyan. Sure. And, and you're paying him all this money. He did it for, like, one year. Look what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. I'm an old pro. I'm yeah, a yeah. pro bowl guy. And you won't pay me early? I know you don't have to pay me, but you won't pay me early. But you'll pay that guy. And that guy so, across from me making $20 million, And I'm making, like, $2 million, yeah. And I've done my job better. And I'm playing the best guy. So, like... Uh, What does it say, right? You always say, what does the money say? I think in a Josh Allen situation for this franchise where it's at right now, the money could say a lot of things. I agree with you. To me, though, here's the problem
2: I think that could come up if you do decide to pay Josh Allen early. You should have paid Jalen Ramsey early because you knew what Jalen Ramsey was. He was the best corner in the league, or at least a top three corner in the league, no ands, ifs, buts about it. So you pay him as such. Because you know what you're getting. I think if the Jaguars were to offer Josh Allen this offseason, they would make the mistake and say, we're going to pay you for what you've done and not pay you for what you could be worth. And if I'm Josh Allen's people, and listen, I I don't know how Josh Allen thinks. Maybe he would sign the contract without even hesitation. But I would like to think that Josh Allen would say, oh, so you're going to lowball me here for what I've done maybe last year or the year before that but what you're not going to do is, is like pay me for what I could be worth. And that's the case where Josh Allen tries to bet on himself, and let's say he has 12, 13, 14 sacks yeah. this season, when all the price tag goes up a little bit. So I think that if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars and I want Josh Allen to stay, which I would want, um, I would want to build a, a, a team with him going forward,
0: I might have to overpay just a little bit. And that's fine. I'm fine with that. By so, the way, like, look, look, if I'm the Jags, I'm fine with that. But I'm telling them that up front. Listen, we could probably try to lowball you here. You didn't live up. You, you, your numbers don't say, hey, this this guy deserves $20 million a year. No, so, no, you know, no, no. Uh, so we're not going to do that. But we want to pay you because we know you want to be a part of it. We want you a part of it. We think you're going to do this, this, and this. We think it's worth risking it. Now we're not going to pay you 20 million, but we might pay you 17 where the market says it's 14. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, yeah. what I, and I don't know where that is. I'm just kind of throwing stuff out there. But that's my point. It's like it's okay in this situation because you want him to carry that weight. You think he can handle that weight. Yep. You know what it says. When he goes back to the locker room and is like, hey man, listen, these guys are going to take care of you. Like yep. these guys took care of me. Like they could have lowballed me. They did it. Like so I think you're right. I think you gotta be careful of that. But at the same time the Jags could be getting a deal. They're risking that. Mm-hmm. Like they're risking where they could get a little bit of, of, of a break because they're doing it early. They did a they did that potentially with Miles Jack, right? Now I don't know if they're winning that Miles Jack or not. I mean that's yeah, real, because he yeah. had one really good year and one ass, yeah, so I I don't know, he's just a guy right now. Correct. But if he has a huge year this year, then they're still only paying but, him $10 million, not $14 million, Then maybe they won the deal.
2: But I also think that when they paid Miles Jack that money, like it was, they, they paid him what he could be. I mean, I, I don't know, because like, it was an early. You know, it, was, it, it was. It was him early. early. So like, that was, that's a classic example right there of a franchise that said, okay, yeah, you, you've had some uh, pretty good years so far, but we think you could be even better. So here's the money that's going to reflect right. that. And they added inflation. And that's to my it. point with Josh. That's yeah. what you got to do with Josh Allen. Yeah. Where you, once again, and I get it. You know, it, I don't know how much it would be. I really don't even know what the market, market would dictate right now.
0: But you're going to have to overpay
2: a little bit, I think, out of good faith.
0: I think that's right. But but see, wouldn't that be a little bit? Uh, they did it with Miles a bit. But wouldn't that be a flip of the organization that's waited too long to reward their guys or not done it soon enough or has tried to lowball the Jan situation? So get ahead of. Yeah. And, and, again, you're not going to do that with every guy, okay? Mm-hmm. But Josh is a guy that is as good as there is from an ambassador of this organization that has gone through some terrible couple of years. Like, two of the years that he's been here and he still wants to be a part of it. Like, yeah. I think that's worth something. No. I think it's worth being the Pied Piper in that essence. You know, he'll go recruit guys here.
2: No, for sure. At the end of the day, if you got to overpay him, I don't know, $2 million, maybe even $3 million a year, then bite that bull. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the story, the, the something that's built up in the locker
0: room with the city, that's worth the extra two to $3 million a year. And what I would do if I was the organization be like, listen, we're going to make this a shorter deal. That gives us a little protection, but it also gives you the chance to go get the big bucks yeah. so you're not locked in at this rate. You know what? You go have 30 sacks over the next three years or over the next uh, – have 35 sacks over the next three years. Well, now you're breaking the bank for – a five-year, hundred and twenty million dollar deal, and you're twenty-eight years old. Sure, but you got to be careful because it could be with a different team. Then, in that case, well, it could be. You do you know?
2: so you got to you got to be careful how what the contract looks like in terms of how many years. Yeah,
0: but at least you built up some equity with it, and now you're putting it on the planner that I hope this guy does have thirty-five sacks, forty sacks over three years, and we're going to ink him to the biggest deal in Jack's history. Yeah, you know, yep. um, probably right around the time they inked Trevor Lawrence, said the same. hopefully for sure, that'd be nice. Uh, we'll be back, Action Sports shacks on ESPN six ninety football at five rolls on from UNF Arena.
3: If somebody was to call him, it'd be maybe week five, six. I don't know. At some point, they're gonna hit him up, and it's gonna be up to Tom. And if he feels like, hey, I still got something in the tank, and I still want to prove somebody something wrong, some some prove some some people wrong, he might he might do it. I mean, you wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him. But at this point, I think he's gonna enjoy this moment. He might put that out there a little bit, maybe associated with a Brady Brand hoodie or something, and keep people talking.
0: I don't know who that is either. I'm. Missing out on the ESPN analyst today.
1: Rob Ninkovich. Ninkovich.
0: Ah. By the way, like I think this is the most ridiculous topic of the week. Okay. I don't think Brady's coming back. Like I think he's done. I, I don't think there's a chance he comes back.
2: I don't know, man. Maybe he spends like three weeks at Disney with his family. Is like, I can't do any more of this. He wants to go play football Listen, again. I
0: spent plenty of time with my family. I understand it. <laughs> but... You know, going to a different team midway through the year, like they talked, Philip Rivers could have done it too, and he actually got the call. Yeah, and said no. Like Philip Rivers isn't the goat. Yeah, it's just I don't. I just don't see it. I, I think it's maybe it's just fun to 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 speculate. I don't think there's a chance it's happening.
2: you know uh, like, like like a like a 10% chance, not even a 2% chance. Nothing. Not in my
0: mind. I mean, wow. of course it exists, right? Yeah, because he said don't ever say never, but. Well,
2: you should definitely put it on Twitter. So then when I'm he doing comes it right back, now. Okay. So when it, when, it, when he comes back, then we can go ahead and uh,
0: take in those cold takes there. Yeah. Nice it, cold takes. It, yeah, in the middle of the season. Like, I just don't – because that's what everybody's giving. They're like, okay, there's 10 games to go. Would he come back? I just don't see I, – I don't think – I think he knows better than that. I, I don't think his competitive juices would be there by then. I mean, I think he's playing golf and he's fishing and he's doing all those things. So yeah. I just – I've seen this topic come up for days now because of what he said on his podcast, like, never say never. Okay. And I just don't buy it for a minute. I really don't. Like, I just don't think – there's no part of me that believes Tom Brady will come back. I think he's completely done. Okay. And I think he liked the way he exited. You know, by the way, the The one – no, I'm just saying, like, he didn't need the victory lap, all that stuff. I think that's the way he wanted to do it. And, you know, I think it's worse when you come back and then do it again. But, come, like, but You got to think well, about this though. We need some clean cleanliness to his retirement sure. and his career, okay?
2: But how often do you retire and you still go out on top of his, like, some of the best stats in the league that year? That's fair. Like, look at Tom Brady's but isn't that numbers. Is part past of his season. story?
0: We could always wonder.
2: Yeah, but he's going to always wonder. I don't like. I mean, he's been man, doing it
0: for 22 years. Yeah, what else Brett, he have to do? It doesn't
2: matter, man. He was still one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year. Like, look at the numbers. Like, you know that's going to eat at him? saying, like, wow, I mean, I can still do this thing even at my age? Yeah, I think it's Tom Brady like at Brees. 55
0: will still feel like he can do okay.
2: it. Okay. Well, I'm saying, like, like Drew Brees, the writing was on the wall. Yeah. Right? Like, he had no choice. Dude, your last game was, ugh, you know? Yeah. Tom Brady, your last game, like, yeah, you didn't
0: win it, but, like, dude, your entire season— You were, like, a top three quarterback in the league. Yeah. Captain Rick Riles, when he was a young whippersnapper, probably didn't think he'd still be fishing to this uh, expertise even (laughs) now. But here he is. Like, he's still at the top of his game. Joining us on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report. Captain Rick, what's up?
3: (laughs) No, I actually do know better, Brent. Uh, In my my days as a charter boat, uh, Captain, I ran 59 days in a row. That's not on the table anymore. <laughs> 59 days ever. in a row. Wow. Did Dang. I hear? Did I hear? I heard a rumor that Jim Bob Cooter may be coming to Jacksonville.
0: Yes, you did. You like I, that?
3: That's the greatest news ever. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care what goes right for the Jaguars from now on out. It's because we have Jim Bob Cooter. I'm telling you that. What a. What a perfect Jacksonville name. Who says we're a redneck city? Our <laughs> coordinator is Bob Cooter. I love it, love it, love it. Well, we finally got a window <laughs> coming up starting tomorrow of some really nice weather, and I have no doubt that the Blue Water Fish are ready to cooperate. Excuse me, I'm sorry, guys. In short, it's all been uh, reds and trout, not a lot of them, but a decent number. Robert Townsend had a Half a dozen reds today, four flounder, and one really nice trout. So there are fish to be caught inshore. Uh, The water is very clear. So if the guys can catch a low tide uh, probably late in the afternoon when the sun's warmed it up quite a bit, we've got low tides early in the morning and late in the afternoon. My guess for tomorrow would be late in the afternoon. But then Friday and Saturday are going to be downright gorgeous before we have our next cold front, which is going to come rolling in on Sunday. So plan for the next few days. Don't miss it. We don't get many opportunities of calm weather this time of year. And uh, one thing you can count on, we will be back tomorrow with another fishing report. Brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CSS Landscaping. Thank you, boys.
0: Thanks, Captain Rick. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you again tomorrow. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. And then 7 o'clock in the morning, Saturday, for a couple of hours, Lord Sportsman Fishing Report uh, on ESPN 690. I'm going to hold off on the golf picks until the next segment, okay, because I got this question on the heels of what uh, Captain Rick was just saying. I was thinking of it anyway. He actually re- jogged my memory a little bit when he mentioned Jim Bob Cooter. Yep. And so from a Jacksonville perspective, A lot of people are saying that, right? Jim Bob Cooter. Nice fit. (laughs) Okay? We've had some good Jacksonville fits. Okay. Recently. Yeah. Like Gardner Minshew was a great fit. Brad Meester was a great fit. Brad Meester was a great fit. Blake Bortles was a great fit. Great fit. Who's the best fit? Jim Bob Cooter? Gardner Minshew? Blake Bortles?
2: (sighs) Talking about of all time? Well, at least of recent... I mean, you got to go, Minshew, right?
0: I don't know, man. I kind of lean toward. I thought if Bortles was good, he could have been like just a different kind of legend. I mean, he was just so like, like I feel like Minshew was eccentric. Duval, yeah, but the dude was like, like, Bortles was Duval.
2: Remember when he got that Goliath grouper off the boat? Yeah, I got. That's Duval.
1: Gene forces Duval.
0: I know. All right. Uh, just,
1: what do you think, Casey? I like Bortles here. I don't know why. I just feel yeah, Bortles. I kind of do
0: too. I Bortles had a chance, man. I mean, would have been. See, I think Bortles was cool because he would blend
2: into like 50 people you'd see on a Saturday night at Jacksonville Beach, though. Like
0: at the bars, he he was like he was like
2: a man's man,
0: you know. Let me let me give you something that, at least in my opinion, and maybe it's the medium I'm in. Is that industry? I mean, is that we? Part of it for me is that Bortles was so good on the mic too. Okay. Like from a from this perspective, like Minshew, I always thought I was always it was always an interesting thing. I'm not this is a negative thing, but he was so good with the videos. And so good with the the persona. He was but good on the mic too. He was okay on Are the mic. You kidding me? He's okay. The week, to week on the mic. Well, he wasn't unbelievable. What call on the, the guy that has wrong the wrong name all the time? He, like he, that was great. He had some memorable ones. Okay, but not like like it was like week in week out. portals would have like give something me, man. Well, then g- g-
2: give me a good play portals quote here. I don't remember.
0: Oh well, okay. I don't know. I, don't I mean, remember I can give you. you know. like, had memorable ones. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I know. I, he did. He did. Yeah. But I, I remember having this discussion on the show like when we would do like Wednesday news conferences with Mitchu, I'm like almost expecting him to say something right yeah. expecting him to give us and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, that was kind of boring Mitchu today yeah you know yeah, but yeah. then he would have the zinger and then even on the national landscape he would have something right that he would do a national interview or or his, a lot of his stuff came from social media yeah and uh, so yeah again, I, I, in my opinion, I just maybe we covered him more, so I had like more right it was a little different. He had five years of Bortles. Yeah. And, like, through the ups and downs, and he was still, like.
2: Yeah, I just remember the, the whole Barstool interview with the the girl that came to his house. Yeah, that was And that awkward. whole thing was, well, that, that was, like, my first introduction to, like, was was behind the behind-the-scenes of Blake Bortles, and that kind of yeah. ruined Blake Bortles. I don't say it
0: ruined Blake Bortles for me, but, like, it, I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Um, so, anyway, I just think that's it. Jim Bob Cooter' name is perfect Jacksonville. Sure. Great Northeast yes. Florida name. Sure. Like, it really is. No getting around it. Yes, uh, but Minshew had so much like Jacksonville fit to him, mm-hmm. and I think Bortles really did too. And partly, by the way, Bortles was from Elvito, so I mean he was—he's yeah. was basically from here, yeah, in, in essence. But see, like
2: it, I don't know, like I Matt Jones is from feel, here,
0: but I wouldn't say he was like would no, be a great no, no. fit from a Juke Jacksonville ball.
2: I, g- I think it's Minshew just because, like, if you were to describe Blake Bortles of like what was his signature
1: and. To that point, I think the signature is Bortles could have been any of us. Not any of us could have been Minshew. Like, if you're in high school and you see Minshew, that's the guy that you maybe, like, switch sides of the hallway because, like, but you I'm didn't saying, know what you were going to get. Yeah, well, Bortles could like, be it, any it, of us.
2: Yeah, but it, see, that's my point, though. Like, if if you're c- trying to campaign a champion to represent you, you want someone that, like, is on a different stratosphere, I feel like. Someone that you can turn and say, like, yeah,
0: that's this guy's on a different level. And that was Minshew. That's nah. the, let me give you one more reason. Yep. And I think this speaks to Casey's point. It was almost like at times, Minshew persona, and he got so much national attention, that he was, like, too big for Jacksonville. I'm not saying he thought that way, but I'm saying his thing was too big for... Like, there was part of it that, like, Bortles, like, nobody else was putting their arms around him outside of Jacksonville. Yeah. And so he was kind of Jacksonville's. You know what I mean? Okay. And from that, so, like, if you go ask people around town... They've had a lot of experiences probably around town with Blake. Like, name it. Like, I can picture a bunch of different things from things I covered. I don't know. Like, I didn't cover a lot of those events with Minshew. Now, in fairness to Minshew, I think he was also, like, kind of in that COVID world, too, in 20. So that kind of blurs it. Um, So it just didn't, you know. And by the way, like, Trevor Lawrence is not in that ilk of, 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 like, Jacksonville. Like he doesn't, now he's done a great job of of, of adapting to Jacksonville. And, well, yeah, I mean, the the whole denim Jack, I mean, was that Jacksonville? Nah, but he, but see, he, he actually is very much what you just said. Like, don't you want somebody to carry the flag for you, right? That's big. Yes. And, and Trevor fits that. No, for sure. That's, that's what Joe Burrow's doing in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Trevor fits, yeah, that's a good call. Like, um, that's what,
2: that's what Brett Favre didn't go. Like, listen, Brett Favre is nowhere close to Green Bay in terms of, like, the people there. But, like, he was the champion of Green Bay yeah, because yeah. he was just so
0: out of this world. Yeah. Like, and, and you wrapped your arms around him. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. Um, Anyway, I think Mitchie was closer to the Lawrences and Boroughs of the world than sure. Blake was. Correct In that sense. But so more it doesn't relatable. make it wrong, but it's, like, it's more, relatable. more relatable to, to you know, like you said, Casey, I mean, he's the kid you that so many kids around here probably went to high school with. Sure. And yeah. then he was playing quarterback for the Jags. He's
1: yeah. one of you us. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, he, he did feel that like well, there are not many people in high school like Mitchell. That's
1: so what I'm though. saying. You you <laughs> switch sides of the hallway. You're like, nah, bro, <laughs> I'm not dealing with this. Like I can't do it today.
2: <laughs> oh whatever, man. You, you would follow his coattails and ride to the end with him.
0: Uh it's a. Fa- I love that, by the way.
1: I love I that would. part
0: of like I love that part of these guys. Like, because we have had that. Yeah. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter. I have no idea who Jim Bob Cooter is as a guy. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> so the name certainly fits. Yeah. <laughs> seems to fit. I'm going to say, that's going to be your name. You better
2: bring a personality with that name. You got I of mean, do, right?
0: You have to. You better have personality to the offense that's in your, your passing job. game. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's your job.
0: <laughs> it's one of the all-time great names uh, for sure. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Waste Management Open. One of the great places, by the way, to watch some golf. And we pick it. Can I pick a winner three weeks in a row? All the I pressure's on, baby. All the pressure's on, but I got. This is one time. Jacksonville and everybody all over the world that listens to the show and jumps in. You might want to listen to me and maybe put a dollar on it. Okay. All right. Okay. A little pressure on me. Okay. But I'm just saying, Luke List, Hoagie, got it done the last couple weeks. Who's going to win the Waste Management Open? I will tell you. Coming up next <laughs> on ESPN six nine.
2: I'm not optimistic that anything is going to change. To me, this is more of CYA from the NFL, and it's really not on Roger Goodell in the league offense. It's on the 31 owners and the Green Bay Packers. That's who I hold responsible for all of this. I believe Roger Goodell to be a decent man. I think he's done a good job as the commissioner of the NFL, and that's shown by how popular the sport has become under his supervision. But when it comes to this particular issue, I don't know how anyone can make the claim that we've made progress. And you can point to sheer numbers and the fact that we had two black head coaches hired during this cycle. We had nine total coaching vacancies. And the two black coaches that were hired, you can make an argument that they got two of the worst jobs within the nine that were available. That's
0: Chris Canty from ESPN. You can listen to him on ESPN 690. It's time. Let's get it. It's time for golf picks. What do we got, Casey? And do you notice what I'm wearing? I don't don't know if this is what What a butcher wears, but I brought my apron with me. It says real men Men fried Fried turkeys.
1: turkeys. That's
0: right. That's That's the only one I had. Somebody had got it for me. That's what a butcher would wear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that's my butcher outfit. So. Hey, you—you're you, you the butcher, though. I know, but I've—I've okay. kind of adapted the butcher name. Okay. Until I come up with a better one. Okay. Instead of just winner. Okay. Oh. See, I don't need the cut. Well, that's where it came from. I know. Okay. But I need a better name. We'll Give me a out. nickname. No, like, I want a nickname. If I've won two weeks in a row and three times overall. Well, hey, then go and figure it out, man. It ain't my job to come up with your nickname. Uh, what do
1: we got? That's this the week? syndicate. Waste Management Phoenix Open. I'm not talking about the points. Me and Austin will likely lose even if Brent doesn't make a cut the rest of the season. We're sure. down over three wins, obviously. There's a lot of events, by the way. Yep. It's, what? I how, how, fitting it,
2: how fitting it's the waste management thing when this whole competition has been trashed the entire year.
1: But now I will say, Austin, it's me and you for second. I've leaped you now at this point. Oh really? Yeah, only by four points. So we have a little battle going. <laughs> so I nice. say we cut Brent out. We let him be a real man and fry his turkey, and then yeah. we continue on to make picks against each other. But nevertheless, Waste Management Phoenix Open, uh, Phoenix Desert. That's that's pretty much it.
0: Sixteenth hole, by the <laughs> way, is awesome. Seventeenth hole in, in Jacksonville is better because it's here, and we love it. Yeah, and we just parted it the other day. Yeah, we did. But sixteenth hole, there's nothing like it. And it, what's amazing, I've done a story on this. but I've been out there, and I watched Tiger Woods play the 16th hole when we were out there for the Super Bowl. We stopped by for a day, and I did a story comparing 16 to 17. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing is there are a lot of players, as great as it is to watch, the scene is unbelievable. Uh, there's a lot of players that don't love it okay. because they think it's... Good. It's a little bit too distracting? <laughs> they think it's dangerous. Yeah, They're like, they don't dangerous. know what's going to happen. With what? Because it's like crazy. Sometimes they throw stuff at everything. Good
2: Boy. Well, hey. Welcome to professional <laughs> sports. <laughs> The try try playing there? the Trump Oakland Raiders stuff. in Oakland and when the fans want to beat you up and then get back to the professional goal. So there's a
0: lot of pressure on try me here riddle. since I picked the last two winners. Luke Liss was plus 5,000, I yes. think, plus 6,000. Tom Hoagie plus 5,000. If I had just put $100 on each, I'd be $11,000 richer by now. Scared of money don't make money. John Rahm is plus 750 according to the odds I've seen. He is the clear favorite. Like, next closest is Justin Thomas.
1: His home course.
0: But I don't want to do that. I don't want to go with the favorites. I want to go for another needle in the haystack kind of win. But you can go first, Casey.
1: Thank you. I'll take Bubba Watson.
0: Ooh. He still plays?
1: First event of the
0: year. (laughs) I like it. You don't know what to expect there, do you?
1: No, I have a pretty good idea.
2: All right. Well, then I'll go next. Casey, anything to talk about the course real quick? Fast greens. Yep. Need a good driver. Need need one. Irons always. Good putting. Yep, all, all three. Of it, all of it. Pretty right, much so need to be
1: complete to win. Yeah.
2: Okay, so it's the waste management Phoenix Open. You hear waste management, and immediately I went to all right, which guy looks like he'd be a garbage man? But that was too mean. I'm <laughs> trying to be nicer. Make well, a lot yeah. of money doing it. Yeah, yeah, you can. So then we, we, I ran up on the waste management tour, and actually they help. They have golf clothes that are made from plastic bottles. You guys know that.
1: Nope. So, like in this tournament,
2: yeah. So in this tournament, guys will be wearing clothes that are actually from plastic bottles. So that's whatever. So we can tell
1: somebody their outfit is trash.
2: Pretty much. (laughs) Very good. Hey, there there ain't no Joe Burrows on this golf course. So then it led me to believe, okay. Which guy would I pick from this field that looks like he would get on me about, hey, dude, you didn't recycle your plastic bottle. Get it out of the trash and then put it back in the recycling. And as I went through these names here, one guy stood above the rest. I'm going to go with Garrick Higo, which is a guy who would (laughs) tell me, hey, man, you better take that bottle out of the trash and put it back in the recycling. And I would say, no, it's already in there. You do it yourself. So Garrick Higo is that guy. My favorite thing is, like, as
0: one guy that stands above, one name that stands above the rest is like, who is that?
1: Casey? (laughs) Go ahead and tell us who Gary Kigo is, man. He's the guy that you also thought was the most likely to be uh, very overjoyed at the hibachi restaurant when the fire comes out of the onion thing.
0: <laughs> at the volcano. Yeah.
1: That's yes. how you picked him last time.
0: You did. He's plus 15,000. And somehow you have. Let's go. To have twice picked him. Let's go. Yeah.
1: I think I picked him already. It's all right. But again, his outfit probably will be trash.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. All see, right, bro. A lot of pressure on me here. I was thinking about Daniel Berger. Yeah, yeah. Char. FSU guy, right?
1: Yes. Get out the chalk.
0: I'm not going there, though. <laughs> he's a junk. <laughs> I think I think the style of the hat will fit the crowd at TPC oh, see, Scottsdale. Th- now you're making a mistake. Now you're trying to do my thing. And no, my no, thing no. ain't going to get you a win. I just feel like I can see this guy coming down the stretch, and they're loving him, Okay. and he's feeding off it. Going, Joe Dahman.
1: Casey, thoughts? Um, hey, scared money don't make money. Okay, so Casey's not that confident. By the way,
0: plus nine thousand. Woo! What is my guy? Where can I put hundred bucks on him? Well, what is my guy? Fifteen thousand? Uh, fifteen. Okay. Once I'm going up. for the hat trick of wins, back well, to back hey. to back weeks with a plus nine thousand guy. I want to say one thing though. If my guy wins, it'd be more impressive because my guy
2: in totality would be more money than you two guys combined.
1: No, that's your dude's true. you not winning. I promise you.
0: Oh, save that audio, Casey. Save
2: please audio. save that audio.
0: Oh, Somebody that's going to be put my $100 ringtone. Dollars on Joel Dahman, please, cuz I want the re- I want the money this time. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> if I win 3 times in a row and I don't have a penny to show for it, Only, per- I'm be pissed only person stuff. in the universe that I could ever do that. Uh, <laughs> you're right. Only in person the in the universe. Milky quick galaxy. Uh, we got Bellarmine and UNF coming up. The Ospreys, 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. I'll have the call. I'll take the apron off. We'll be back in studio tomorrow. We open up some football cards as well. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Have a good rest of your night, everybody. We'll see you on TV as well. CBS 47 at Fox 30.